guys, it's your boy TG, and yeah, bring it from the bottom. You're locked into another edition of Good Gotcha Entertainment. In the house, look, I'm gonna let you get in a little bit, but we have former Super Bowl champion from the New Orleans Saints, Robert Meacham. He's joining us in tonight. Look, last week, I don't know, folks, it was just, I think it was the devil, if you want to claim it that, but he didn't want to let us uh, have our joy. So, uh, I will tell you this, folks. We are here, and we are going to jump right into it. Meech, how you doing, man? Man, I'm good. How you doing? Man, I am doing great. Look, it's been a fantastic day. A little chilly here on the uh, the East Coast. Kind of like the weather's been, as you know, bipolar here in the state of Virginia. Well, but, you know, yeah, it's who that Thursday, so, you know, we're getting ready for this <laughs> Thursday night. Massacre, we about to, you know, put on this Jaguars tonight, you know? Oh, man, look, those Jaguars, they are something else. And the Saints are too, but you guys had a, a few injuries linger here or there and some other things. But look, we'll get into another thing. I'm not even going to throw it to you, Saints, <laughs> like that. I'm not even going to do that. I'm going to ask you later who you got. But let's get right into it. So first off, Meech, thank you for uh, coming on. And I know you got a busy schedule doing other stuff, but thank you for joining us. Thank um, you for having look, me. We'll right into it. Uh, many viewers were, like, hitting my scale last week, like, Y'all not on? I'm like, I don't know. I think about it. Maybe next week. But look, I got to hit you with two shockers on the first thing, because you was a champion through your whole entire career. Even to being almost in like AAU, and you was a, a national basketball champion. Like, you think about it. It's like, <laughs> like winning an AAU. Um, and then, look, we'll go straight into that. You went to Booker T. Washington, Correct. Correct. So, look, I got to jump into that. You went back-to-back titles and mm-hmm. it was being a point guard. Look, I didn't – look, I had a few clips that I wanted to bring in, but I didn't want to even do you like that. You were a high flyer, man. I mean, I saw some clips. I'm just like, is that Beach? Like, wh- what? Like, man. I didn't know that was even like- – We should – we should actually, we should have had four championships in a row. Even when I was a freshman, wow. we should have won. And then my senior year um, – we lost in the semifinals to some of our close friends. You know, the referee had it out for me. So I had four fouls in the first quarter, but three of the, three of the fouls wasn't even me, but they gave them to me. Oh, man. Look, I got to ask this question. So did you play basketball? Did you just, like, shift it over into football, or was it like a, oh, I'm no. going back and forth between who I wanted, where I want to go? Oh, no. Basketball always been my first love. You know, um, that's just I was Jay High. Um, I played football only because my friends played it, <laughs> and I just happened to be Would good you- at it. That's all it was. It, I ne- I didn't really care about football because I think my dad didn't care about it like that. Um, my my dad used to say football was the dumbest sport in the world. Put on pads and let somebody hit you. So my thing was to make a list. <laughs> It look, it landed you a Super Bowl. We'll talk about that later. Like, just to think about the route that you went. And like, well, if you wouldn't have went basketball, I guarantee you would have been really great too. Cause I mean, seeing some of those different highlights you had with I forgot the organization that captured it on YouTube, but I was just like, Wow, I was stunned. I wanted to pull some up, but I was like, I, I didn't I'll take um, that another day. We'll do that another conversation. <laughs> I think um the, the um one of my old coaches may rest in peace, Coach Harris. I think when his son he has a website called Big Time Sports, and he posts clips of us because he has all the old tapes from, I'm thinking from 88 to now, 1988 to now. 
of all, all the players that used to play for his uh, dad. So every now and again, he gets bored and starts posting clips on Facebook. Look, I think that's what happened. I think that's where I, I saw that, and I was like, I couldn't get a, a like a, a true source, and I couldn't reach out to the individual. So I was like, I'll say that for another day because I was like, uh, they'd be like, wait, who is that? But I'm like, I got Meech on the show, so <laughs> where can I go wrong? It's him. Like nobody else could check it out but him. Um, but no, Meech, just to let the uh, viewers know, we're on Spotify, we're on um Apple, we're on Facebook, YouTube, and all across different major platforms. We got a lot coming in. Not only this week, we're announcing two major sponsors um, actually creeping into the uh, airways. We got a gym sponsor coming up, and then we also have a StreamYard sponsor. They'll be named another day. Congratulations, man. You, you deserve but, um, it. I look, and they're coming in to talk not today, but they'll come soon. Um, but look, you went through college, I mean, went through high school, mm-hmm. and then you checked into the volunteer state. You went to the University of Tennessee. Yeah. And at the university, you arrived on the scene. You laced up with, uh, look, Jason Swain. I'll say it correct today. I think <laughs> <laughs> the former Bear, um, Arian Foster, and other names alike that went to the pros and played. But can you run me through that that memory, that time there being a, a collegiate level athlete? You were a big body receiver. You were no skinny, scrawny guy. Like I, I was well, like, I, I mean, um, my freshman year, I told my meniscus. And I gained, you know, the college 15, as they talk about. I went from, like, 180 to 220 overnight, seemed like. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when Coach Cutcliffe came, he talked to me and Swain, told us we had to lose weight because we, we actually was roommates. And so Swain did all the cooking. So we lost a lot. We lost about um, 15 to 20 pounds over the summer. And um, – the sky was a limit, you know. You couldn't double none of us because if you doubled me, one of them, uh, Swain and Brett, was going to be open. And then, you know, having Arian Foster in the backfield, um, it's like we spread you out. Uh, Arian, Arian was going to always have positive yards. He never had negative yards his whole career. So we had a good we had a good squad. We, I mean, we should have did a little bit better than what I felt. We shouldn't have lost those three games we lost. Oh, man, look, it always has to be the nail biters or those games that you just kind of scratch your head as you go throughout. Like, we just had a little bit more time. We would have won that game. But, look, yeah. you, you lit it up. You were, I mean, a redshirt freshman, and then you built momentum and, and kept going and turning on the heat. Um, I just, to be honest, me, it was like, crazy. I had one good year. <laughs> one good year. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I had, I mean, it has, uh, uh, you know, like splashes of good good routes and good games and um, some scoring, some touchdowns. but far as my last year, my red shirt junior year, I mean, that was my year. There you go. Look, can you tell me like a, a fond memory or a play that you probably, or a game that you played in the University of Tennessee that you like, man, I'll take that with me for the rest of my life? Oh, I'm going to say my first catch. My first catch was against uh, uh, UNLV, actually, and my first catch was a touchdown. So I'll never forget that. Um I was like, this is just like high school. It ain't changed. <laughs> and then I realized look, how much, how different it was from high school after that. <laughs> and look, those guys like trying to make a name for themselves. You're trying to get to the pros. And those defenders looking at you and lacing up across from you, they're like, I got to get this guy. Like, I got to get some tugs from him because I can't let him shine on me because the, well, there might be some scouts in his name. Well, I'm going to say uh, – and I had great defense backs that I went against at practice every day. 
and Jabari Greer. Um, who else? Uh, Jonathan uh, Hefney, Jonathan Wade, Inky Johnson. Now he's a motivational speaker because um, he, he got his arm paralyzed during the game. But he was a first-round draft pick. But I'm going to have to go the, – the corner who really made me elevate my game in one game was uh, – uh, what is his last name? He went to Arkansas. Um, Chris Houston. Man, when I tell you, like he – I went to block him one time and I slipped and he put me on my back. And it was just one of those things. Like, man, I ain't never got put on my back. Like, ain't no, ain't no, ain't no DB ever dumped me. And that was the first time I got dumped. So I was like, you know, I had to go in the trick bag, you know, bring out some more moves. Change your life, as people would say. And that's with everything you do in life. But when you have those kind of players and you're like, oh, man, it's a wake-up call. Like, you're like, okay, I, that's not going to happen just for one time. Like Deion said, it's the lowest you will see me. And yeah, he, he got me. You know, he, he got me. I took it for granted. And then after that play, I was like, for the next half, I'm, I'm going to deal with you. You are not, you won't catch me slipping like that again. I didn't realize he was that strong. You know, he was he wasn't a tall DB. He was fast and he was strong. And when I realized after the game, he benched about four hundred pounds at the time. I'm like, man, I don't lift weights anyway, so I need to get in weight room, get my weight up. Look, you, you went through that thirty seven games. You started fifteen of them. You hauled in one hundred twenty five passes. And you were listed as one of the six players, which I don't know what the history books stand right now, to, to receive over 2,000 yards and 17 touchdowns in uh, the volunteer uh, history. Uh, and look, you went ahead and you got all SEC and All-American selection. And then you crept into, well, I hate to say crept, but you cruised into I the did. NFL draft. You know, I sure said, did. Said, <laughs> I sure did. When they told me late first, late first, early second, I sure was like, you know what, uh, so my family, I'm like, listen, y'all better come to as many games y'all come to because it's about to be over with. I'm Look, leaving. I got some for I got some for you. I'm gonna share this video. You walk me through this once this video ends. Stand by. The commissioner with the 27th pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the New Orleans Saints select Robert Meacham, wide receiver, Tennessee. Wow. Well, I said John Gruden. Wow. Like Sean Payton. Sean Payton. He likes office. Wow. Firepower. Firepower. They lost Joe Horn. I understand that. So, look, Meacham, I got to tell you this. So, as you're flanked by family and friends in that room, mm -hmm. and many other athletes are, you all are waiting across the country to hope that that name gets called, and you get the caster ticket to go into the NFL draft, and then you're hearing your name. In the first round, points called by uh, Roger Goodell, the commissioner. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm getting goosebumps just announcing it now. But can you walk us through that moment? What were you feeling? I mean, it was it was a dream come true. It was a blessing. Um, just to see my mom and my dad's face after they called my name, because you know they call you first, so your parents, uh, your family, your loved ones don't really know. Who you talking to? Because my phone had been ringing, but nobody knew who I was talking to. And I think one of my friends, he looked over and seen the way I smiled and was like, "That's we we a saint." So they they edited that part because he he said it uh, right right before Roger said it, and um, 
my mom was just the look on her face to see that all her hard work, all the practices, all the um, taking everybody home. She was a team mom. So to see all the all of her hard work pay off for me to go was a, like a dream come true. Wow. And then That's I got perfect. the laugh, and then I got to laugh with my dad because I'm like, but the most stupidest sport in the world <laughs> to you. Guess what? Your son's a first round draft pick now. What you got to say about that? Because it was left up to my dad, I'd have been a cowboy. You know, he he wanted oh, to be a he wanted not to be, the cowboys. No, no, not a cow, not the Dallas Cowboy, like a oh, okay. professional cowboy. Oh, oh, wait, yeah, like, that's like horse and way <laughs> Yeah, like horse and rodeo. Yeah, that's what my dad. Oh my! To do. Look, you might have been successful at that too. Look, only history would have wrote that for you. But look, I'm going to tell you this: as you collected that ticket to the NFL, you went through training camps, numerous of practices. The list go on. You waited for that glorious moment to be, as they call, welcome to the NFL. And you got you get the uh, first touchdown pass, or not even that, your first completion. But look, I got to share this with you because we talked about this off-site. And I didn't know if I could catch it or not, but I found this. Now, you have to correct me if it's not the right one, but I believe okay. it is. So let's see. First down, Drew Brees waiting, drills it into the end zone. Meacham is there. Touchdown. Robert Meacham with the touchdown and the first TD of the ball game and the Saints add to their lead. Reggie saved me from getting hit. He took Sean Taylor and Sean Taylor took him and I was open in the back of the end zone. Once again, first catch was for a touchdown, just like it was in college. So I'm thinking this is it's the same. This ain't nothing new. Yeah, right. I I got a rude awakening in the NFL. Now, now, with that first touchdown, catching it from Drew Brees, I mean, can you only take me through the moment that, I mean, you look back behind you a little bit just to get a glimpse of potentially what the play is going on while you're running down the field. You can't see. I mean, the man's no no taller than a shoe rack. And mm-hmm. But does he tell you anything in practice? Like, hey, just go down the field, I'll find you? Oh, no. Um, working with Drew at the practice, uh, Drew was a technician. So... He would call a route, but it's like we would run the end of the route for him. So he would tell you to get in certain spots based off the play call, and he, then he would hit you. So we knew that um, when we was in with certain coverages, all you got to do is be in a certain, certain hole. And being in that hole, we knew Drew could find us. Now, we couldn't see him sometime, you know, with a lineman stand up. He threw, through, he threw like, through uh, little gaps. But we knew uh, where we needed to be to catch catch every ball from him. So that play right there, it was just called all go special, actually. And Reggie actually crossed the uh, the line. He beat the linebacker so bad, and he crossed Sean's face. So Sean had to take him. It's just that I was in the back of the end zone in a hole. I didn't know Drew even saw me until the ball was coming at me. Because the, the, the play was to go to Reggie anyway. And he got crashed. He he got crashed, and and that guy blew that coverage. But that yeah, was- I, I told him thank you. You know, <laughs> you know welcome, welcome me to the league, baby. First catch, first well, touchdown. Welcome to the league. So as you strode along in your career, you came across a lot of highlights. Uh, we replay moments that Drew Brees escaped from pressure. Hey, look, this is the play we talked about off the rip too, and mm-hmm. I'm going to play this for you. Drew Brees tossed an interception to Kareem 
uh, more and you just stalked your prey like a, a lion in the desert and you got you a tug for one and you ripped the pigskin out. Watch Shockey, the tight end. They pick up the blitz. Breeze faking, faking. Andre Carter missed him. Breeze throws. It's up for grabs. Was it picked off? Kareem Moore's got the ball. It's an interception. And then it's taken away oh. by Robert Meacham. Meacham goes in for a touchdown. Oh. <laughs> Look, Meacham, before you give me your response there, this that right there alone. When I watched the play, I had to watch multiple times. I was like, where the hell is Meacham? And then after I see you stop and clog up the guy, I'm like, wait, he's robbing the bank? And then he goes and cashes <laughs> the check at the bank. I'm like, what else does this guy do? I mean, tell me, run me through that play. What was going through your mind? Um, well, actually, um, it was right before half. And um, on the sideline, they kept saying we got to score because at the at – the, at the, um, I think at the end of the first quarter, we was just like our defense was struggling. They really couldn't stop him. And um, I saw the way he, when he picked the ball, I saw the way he was carrying. I saw the way he was carrying it, and I'm like, "Oh, I might can get this ball." And when I got close enough to him, I got between his blockers and was able to get the ball out. I'm like, the fastest person on the field is Devry Henderson, so ain't nobody else gonna catch me. And you know, running in for a touchdown. But what's, what's crazy about that is, you know, when we was young, like when I well, when I was younger, in middle school and high school, we had plays. I had plays similar to that because I actually played on defense. So I had plays similar to that. Uh, ah, I like it. You were but, a thief in the night and you cashed your bank, you cashed the money in the bank and you robbed the bank at the same time. Like you were like, here go my check. And then, oh, you're going to give me 200. Give me more than that. Give me the oh, money. Give, give, me me, give, give me the vault. I want the vault. <laughs> you um, did that. that, and, that and what was crazy is, you know, also too, you know, our defense at practice, even though you might catch a pass and you run like 10 yards down the field or you run to the end zone, they was always still swiping at the ball. So you still had to carry the ball, right? So even when they got picks or they got a fumble or something at practice, you know, they learned to carry the ball like us high and tight. And I just seen the way Kareem was carrying the ball. And I'm like, if I can get to him, I might can get this ball. And then when I look back, I was like, okay, did they say he was down? Because his hand was on the ground. So I didn't know if they was going to consider him down. Oh, man. And so when I looked at Coach Payton and seen him have his hands up, I'm like, oh, we good. We Gucci. We, <laughs> we in there. We got another tub. Look, in the, the current day NFL, that may have been – Wrote down by contact with how uh, soft the league has gotten. Uh, they were well, like, "Oh, he's down. He had his, well, his hand or They would have gave some some. We ain't gonna speak on that. <laughs> no, that'll be a whole nother day, a whole nother dollar. Yeah, but we can't speak on the new league. <laughs> no, no, it's it's a whole lot different from and just in just a few years, not even half a decade, not even less than that. The, yeah, the way it changed. I mean, because we was playing back in. Um, I think I think they changed it back in 2018, 2019. Well, you know, back in the day, if your helmet popped off and you got the ball, you still could run with it. Now you automatically dead if your helmet come off. Like the play stops, it's dead. Look, that's crazy. That that look look, I, I actually so to break the news to everyone, not only Meacham's coming on, but later down the line of interviews, and then we'll figure it out and I'll tell you more. But I have a uh fullback 
named Mickey Fitzgerald. He's coming on. He played in the 80s when the face bar or face mask was even just one little strip. So, I look, he's in. He's from a Virginia Tech uh, alum there, but I'm going to get back into Meacham. I Meacham. know he think the game is soft now. I know he think the game is soft. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you, look, back in even his time or your time, you touch the quarterback, you can rough him up. I mean, but now you put a fingernail on him. You're getting sent home with a fine and probably some jail time. I mean, I'm just, I'm just Man, saying. It, it's bad. No, it's really bad. Um, <laughs> I feel sorry for like the defensive lineman. You know, you know how sometimes the quarterback breaks breaks a pocket and is about to run out of bounds, but then turns and drops his shoulder on you. Yeah. Like, see, as a, a defender, you pulling up because you think he's gonna go out of bounds, or you thinking he's might about to slide, and. All of a sudden, he drops a shoulder on you, and everybody in, the, in America like, ooh, now you mad. Now you trying to get him for the rest of the game. Now you about to get a penalty because you want him. You want your lick back. <laughs> look, look. at least if you do catch him one good time, you, you might – I mean, unfortunately, put about the game if you hit him the right way because quarterbacks are, are not the toughest guys. Some of them are. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to take anything from some of the QBs. Oh, um, yeah, no, you but, can't take nothing away from Lamar and Deshaun. Oh, no. they they different breeds. Um, Jay, they, they are different, you know. They definitely are. So, look, Jer- I, Jerry Goff in Detroit, he is different. Like, uh, he's playing outstanding football right now. He is. I uh, look, I like the the guy from uh Buffalo, Josh Allen. He is uh, Josh is different, you, you know. He, he like he does stuff that you would tell your quarterback not to do, but you if you told him that, you would take away from his game, and that's not fair to him. Yeah, that's that's what you drafted yeah. him to do. He just only did, the problem is he just six five or six six doing it. That's the problem. Yes, yes, and, and that's scary enough. That man's the only court. One of the few QBs I see run down the field and go head first into a, a end zone and, and get almost no, robbed. And don't have no problems with going head first. He liked the contact sometimes. I feel like <laughs> I think so. Him and uh, look Patrick Mahomes. That man's a totally different beast too. Because but who plays in the preseason? Me just goes. Well, I didn't see my hit yet, or I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it rough enough. Like, well, you're a different breed. Well, because, you know, during the regular season, you know, once you get that first hit, then you know how to adjust to the game. You know how to adjust to the rest of the season. And I, I understand where he's coming from because at practice, you can't touch him. So all practice long, OTAs, training camp, he can't get touched. So even if you push him and he fall wrong, the offensive lineman about to deal with you. You know what I'm saying? So for him to play in the preseason game just to get tackled, uh, once he get tackled, he's going to know how he wants to play the rest of the season. He's going to understand why he got tackled that way for, by watching the film that he watches. And then, you know, he tried to get himself out of certain positions to uh, get himself out of harm. Yes. And Mahomes is just a, a freak of nature. That man, certain QBs, like you said, Lamar, you got all those guys and, and to name just a few there. That's just a generational talent. Like you only, not every QB is going to be that way. No, but it just no. If it did, the the league that, would be totally different. <laughs> the, the, the AFC is loaded with quarterbacks. You know. Yes. Yes. They, Look, they have quarterbacks. Go ahead. I'm going to ask you this question: Who you got coming out of the, the this see this year in general? Like you got AFC and NFC. If you had to say right now, who would be your top dogs. 
Ooh, <laughs> that, that, that's a tough question right now because it, it's still early. <laughs> you know, it's still a little early, but um, um, I don't know with that one right now. Look, I'll give you some time to think about it. Maybe another day that we can. Yeah, come back. We, yeah, we, I, we, I, I don't uh, even know. Look, I don't even know that, and I do this every week, and I'm just like, hope that hope my co-host never asks that question. But look, I, I still don't know. Look, Meach, I got I got an inside joke. I don't know where the hell my co-host is because the dude went to Trinidad, and his Giants lose every week. So I'm hoping that they win this week where he can come back. Somebody, viewers, please go find Camp. Return the center. <laughs> uh, pigeon carrier, uh, mail, email. I don't even care if you go to your your AOL. A uh, shout out to AOL. I don't even care. But that guy still hasn't shown up. Cam, return to Cinder, please. Your Giants may not win this week against the Commanders. But, but, oh, boy, so let's get back. And, look, you know how I, I go after my co-hosts. You, you'll see that as the show goes on. Um, but, look, throughout your career with the Saints, you did fantastic things. Do you got any memory or fond? We're going to get to the Super Bowl conversation. But mm -hmm. any memory past not only ripping that ball out and recovering the fumble and going to the house, but you had like a, I think a 52 yard flea flicker situation. Now I know normally those are like blown coverage because all of your defense kind of crunches down and one mm -hmm. guy's out the door. But you, you mm -hmm. got a memory or something that you kind of like, man, I'm gonna take this for for whatever it costs for the rest of my life. Um, oh, the NFC Championship game. Um, what's crazy is. Uh, I, Three weeks before we lost to Tampa, right? I caught the ball in the middle of the field, about 30 yards going in. And Garrett Hartley missed the field goal. Okay, so crazy thing. This is how God worked for me. I caught the ball in the same spot in the NFC Championship. Oh, how about that? And then Garrett makes this field goal. <laughs> but I never seen a coach coach a player like Coach Payton that coached him on the sideline for that play. He basically wow. he basically told him you was made for this moment. Like he pimped him into making that field goal. I ain't gonna lie to you. Because if he was nervous or scared, he wasn't nervous or scared after he had that conversation with Coach. Wow. Like Coach gave now, him all the confidence in the world that he was gonna make that kick. Wow. Now look at this. So People don't know the power of a field goal kicker or special teams units. They're very powerful individuals. They're different beasts. I mean, with their self, their department is always open, and they can always cash in any time. I actually got a guy, Craig DeLake Peterson, the ring kick. That dude can kick from one end to the other without issues. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, that's not as large as an NFL field, but that department, I mean, talk about pressure. Nailing down the last second. <laughs> yeah, they got they have all the pressure on them because you haven't done nothing all game long, and now you got to go make a fifty yard field goal to win the game. You know, one job, and some, one job. And, it sounds easy. Yeah, and then because <laughs> you know they don't practice with us as much, <laughs> you know, so they be doing their own little thing. Like when I was in San Diego, sometimes they would go play golf during training camp. And then come back. <laughs> and it's like, man, how y'all going to go play golf? But then when they get in the game, they did their job. So it was like, you know, to each his own. And, and, and think about it. I mean, special teams kickers, I mean, not kickers, punters, anyone in the special team, even the long snapper, they all have a duty that attributes to that field goal being successful. I mean, one little botched hair on the ball goes wrong. That ball can get botched either or. 
I was just fortunate enough to play with good punters. You know, uh, even in college, I had the Colquitt brothers, Dustin uh -huh. Colquitt and his brother, his younger brother. And then when I got to league, I had Morstead. You know, he's with the Jets now, but I mean, they was like secret weapons. If you tell them to pin somebody in the corner of the <laughs> on the ten yard line, they're gonna pin them in that corner. You know, so that was another weapon that um I think um fans don't really pay attention to, you know, about how good a special team player can actually be, how they can change a game. Like I would say David he Devin Hester. We was told not to kick it to him. You know, like Dante Hall and all them. You don't you're not supposed to kick it to those guys. No, like no. I, I don't care what kick it out of bounds, kick it. Um, <laughs> the coaches like I don't care. Do not kick them the ball, whatever you do. But playing with Morstead, like he would punt them the ball, but he would put them in a situation to where they couldn't get out of it. Uh, like he'll put them right in the corner, of, uh, right on the right side, or have it be or the left side of the field. He put them in the corner, and they couldn't get out of it. Wow. That, that's enough said within the special teams unit. You heard that from each of them. I mean, special teams can pinch you in the corner. They can, they can, I mean, they're lethal. I mean, they're very valuable in the game, especially if your offense can't get anything going. I mean, special teams can make or break things and then a pinch because a game can turn around that quick. I mean, you see people punt returns happen more often now because they got more rules in place to, to kind of pinch the actual special teams unit back. Yeah, I, I, I just I hope they don't never take off a kickoff return though. I hope they don't because because it's I feel like they're about to take it out, and that's gonna that's gonna hurt a lot of players trying to go to the NFL because some of their specialties are a return specialists, and that's gonna take away from that game. So it'll be even harder to get in the NFL for some guys if they take that away. For sure, I hope they don't. I I I mean. I think with the not saying the XFL makes any difference, but they're colliding with the USFL right now, potentially coming the the NFL G League. I, I'm going to give them their title where it is before anybody else say it. But that's coming a monster, and they got a different alternate route of how they do special teams. It's I don't I like it, but I don't like it because it's just like man, I'm ten ten yards in front of me as a dude, and we got to like smash together to figure out can he get past me before my guy comes screeching through like the Roadrunner. And that is. That is something that's going to be very, very interesting to see if they can pull it off. Because they pull it off, then clearly the NFL is going to probably take it and start using oh, yeah. it that way. Now, see what I mean. When we was at practice, you would see the um, special team coaches do that to guys apart. Oh, so that to get them ten yards apart, so that way they can get used to somebody being up on them real quick. Because some some of the guys on special team. Are, literally lightning fast running down on the kickoff. Oh, yeah. Okay, now we used to have a guy named Anthony Hargrove that played defensive line, right? Ran a four, five, four, six in the 40. He's not that tall of a guy, but he's wide. His job was to bust up the wedge. Uh. When I tell you he took this job so serious, you know, every week he got a bat. Like, for bringing the wood every week he took out somebody on these special teams every week it wasn't a week that went by that he didn't take somebody out 
So now they stop the wedge. Now you can't have a three man wedge. Now you want to have a two man wedge. You're in trouble. You're in tr <laughs> just saying. I'm just saying. It is what it is. <laughs> I mean, imagine I'm, a guy I'm coming wrong. down on you full speed and you haven't started running yet. Oh, <laughs> oh no. And then he's roadkill. And then he's lightweight crazy. So, you know. You you gotta keep your head on the swivel, but <laughs> he will hit you so hard, you know. They come, they come, cart you off, you know. Uh, they will, they will, they'll happily not well, not happily, but they'll right. bring they out happy, happily come on, cart you off, come on, next man up. <laughs> <laughs> look, but that closes that segment with the with not only special teams, but look, Meach, we're gonna get right into it. What the viewers, when I first announced you're coming on last week, a lot of people were like, "What?" Meacham, the Robert Meacham. I'm like, no, no, the kid Robert Meacham. What do you think? <laughs> it's the Robert Meacham from the Saints. Yeah, it's him. They're like, you know him? Yeah, I know him. But talking about this, I'm going to give you a breakdown here, and I got a series of questions for you. Okay. Super Bowl 44, Sunlight mm -hmm. Stadium in Florida. You lined up with Drew Brees, Reggie, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of players, a host of, of potential greats. Uh, mm -hmm. The team was electric team. You took a trip to the Super Bowl. Uh, on the other side of the markers, you you played against Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday, future Hall of Famers or potentially now Hall of Famers, and a host of others. Um, as this Super Bowl was action-packed, it was back and forth. And then guess what? The Saints broke away and probably around the fourth quarter. Uh, around that, that time frame, it just started kind of <laughs> greasing the wheel and things got a little bit easier. But being mm -hmm. a player on the sideline, you're just like, Man, football can take a turn for the worse in just a matter of minutes if your team doesn't do right. Oh, we wasn't worried about losing that game. I'm going to tell you when we won the game. And it's going to mess your head up because people don't believe it. But we actually won the game on Monday. Ah. We went to, cup, we went to club live, okay, because it's your day off, really. And then the coach was on the other side. And um, Will Smith, may he rest in peace. Um, not the actor, the football player. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think it was Jonathan Vilma and um, Charles Grant. They was all like, light this up. And I mean, buy bottles. So they bought, they bought the bottle. They bought the club out. And then they got to a point, you know what? Send them some bottles over there because they looking sad. They looking thirsty. <laughs> and when they did that, it was like, okay, we are we won this game. We beat them in this atmosphere, so we can beat them on the field. For sure. I know it's crazy to fans to think like that, but that's just how competitive we are when it's certain and, and, things. And you know as as know as I know, I mean, we've been a part of a team with the Rough Riders Arena, not to the pros. I've never been there. You've done yeah. that only here. Yeah, but we, you we never let the other teams too. With, with the rough I, I would just I don't two want to talk of them, about man. That. I don't want to talk I, about look, it. I don't even we'll hold it to another day. But yeah, I, I'll I let you guys know that's how me and me to match. But man, I, uh, I don't want to talk about that. Look, I could have won, on, I could've won on I could have won on two levels, man. I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> you could have had the Kurt Warner effect where you got your rings in the arena and you had a ring in the press. I, mean, yep, I sure could have. God look, we, we can only think of the history there. But that was a great game. I look. I was fortunate enough to meet uh, B both back to back. So winning one on the goal line and then losing like that, you, you still have to scratch your head. I'm going, 
I watched him celebrate because I was like, this will never happen to me again if I get back into the coaching or in the side of, of uh, sports again. Like, we're not I, doing that again. I think, we both, I think we both watched him celebrate. And I was just like, in my heart, I'm hard. I'm like, I can't do this. No, it hurt. It hurt. But look, I'm going to give you this. So the Coliseum folks, well, where we played in Richmond, at the Richmond Coliseum, that's now boarded up due to political conversation. Meacham will have that conversation another day, um, that that book of metal sitting in the middle of Richmond is not even a park. It's not even nothing. It's like a walking dead scene. Yeah, hopefully the next uh, term can change it. Um, but look, back into the Super Bowl conversation. So that action-packed game, like you said, you won on Monday. Y'all knew it. It was done deal for you guys. The mm-hmm. other team had already put out the white flag and waved it and said, we're done. Well, yeah, so they, they, they didn't know that. They didn't know they was in a competition that night in the club. They didn't know that. And see, all week, and for the last two weeks, you know, because at the NFC Championship, you don't play for another two weeks. And so all week long, we just kept hearing about, you know, Peyton and the Colts. Peyton and the Colts, they're going to beat us. Just, the Saints shouldn't even be here. You know, this this is this the Saints got lucky. It should have been Brett Farr and, and the Vikings and this we I mean you heard that for two weeks, you know, after a while, you know, you get tired of hearing foolishness. <laughs> Your blood now, you go for blood. You just you're like a you're just like a a lonely wolf in the woods, like I gotta get this. So whatever it is, I gotta get it. Cause now you done you done picked with me. Who the hell is Peyton Manning? Not saying that I love Peyton Manning, but it's just I mean, at that I, point I, you're I, like Well, you know, I know Peyton from volunteer days, so he wasn't. A, he wasn't my quarterback, but he used to come back and throw to us. Ah. So you know, when he used to come back in the summer, you catch one of his balls. Everybody was like, "Oh, I caught a million dollar ball today." <laughs> you know, you'd be so excited to catch a ball from him. You know, like, okay, yeah. If I catch balls to her, I know I catch anybody in the league's ball. Look, you said that. Look, I have to give shots out to my pops is actually a Vikings fan. When you said Vikings in the comments, I'm seeing he got let's go Vikings and he's been a diehard since the ball <laughs> even further than that. So he's probably giving you hell to pay at home while watching the podcast. But uh, I'm look, sorry, look, I'm sorry even... Pops. We had to beat your Vikings, <laughs> but you know it's a look, win and a loser. And look, on top of that, mom Dukes, she's a commander fan. Oh, oh wow! So I, 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 I didn't tell her. I didn't tell her. Her Redskins oh. up for a while. And oh yeah, I had yeah. some of my greatest games against the Redskins. But tell mom, <laughs> don't be mad. <laughs> Look, I will definitely let them know. But they they are definitely they are very um, locked into this show, and that's why I give them kudos because I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. But true story. In the meantime, look at this. So between deep passes, you had the the Colts going down the field. Potentially, y'all had kind of sealed the deal up in the fourth quarter. But what we would have seen in the in the standpoint of football, they were on their goal line. Peyton Manning and the boys, y'all's defense locked and defended the land. And mm-hmm. if that potential touchdown would have happened, it would have been a potential onside kick. Now, only history could project what have happened on the onside kick because you see sometimes the onside kick can trip and go in the air. Sometimes it can go right into the, the offense, I mean, defense's hands. You never know. Um, well, Sean walked in at halftime. It was like, <laughs> he just walked in and said, make me right. <laughs> we already knew what, everybody knew what he meant when he said that. Because he we knew he was supposed to call an onside kick. He said, make me right. And uh, wow, Chris Reese was able to uh, get the uh, pick the uh, onside kick up at the beginning of the half. And it was like, all we got to do is score now. Now they got to, this is something that they wasn't used to doing, like trailing. 
And so wow. we knew once we got the ball, we scored a touchdown, it's over with. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, you, you kind of broke that away right there. I mean, it wasn't to the fourth quarter, like you said. You saw that. And then the Colts get that last gas of air with five minutes to go. They couldn't. That window closed. In watching film study, um, I trained a Wyatt Harris. He had taught Tracy Porter some a secret that Peyton Manning would do. He told him if it's third and short, and we mean short for the fans, would be like um, third down and three to six, seven yards that you have to get. He said he's going to throw a blind nine-yard route to Reggie Wayne. He didn't even want to look at him. He's going to throw it. And so Tracy, if you remember in the game, I don't know if you remember, but he got tackled the first time he got the interception from Reggie. But on the second time when he returned it, he got the pick six, he took a different angle. And that's why he got the pick uh, six. So Reggie couldn't even grab him. Reggie didn't uh, even know he was Reggie didn't even know he was gonna break. So uh, Tracy had already looked at um Sharper and told him, make me right. Basically, without without saying it, just make me right. Because if he do a double move, he's gonna get me. But I'm gonna I'm gonna break on it regardless. And Tracy broke on it and Tracy sealed the deal. From look, and from that point, you sealed the defense silted in. And then not only that, so moments away, I'm gonna show you this clip. It's gonna be a little lengthy, folks, but the, the viewers that's on audio, it's a view of Super Bowl 44 and Drew Brees taking the final kneel. But for my audio and visual viewers, you'll see this standby. And he kept the coach offense off the field. Mr. Benson, their owner since 1985 in his 25th year, the one who hired Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, signed Drew Brees. Brees was one that could have been playing here as his home stadium, but the Dolphins, you know what? They just cast too much doubt. They were too suspicious that his shoulder wasn't going to heal, and Brees didn't like the the attitude and the vibe. He said, New Orleans wanted me. Yeah, that's right. They wanted him. Sean Payton said, come down here. I will let you help me design this offense. I'd say it worked out pretty well in four years. A franchise that was born eight months after the first Super Bowl game. They struggled for years. They have been the full embodiment of their community. A sign of hope. So, again, Mitchell, before man, I give it to you, man, that man, moment. Man. I mean, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm going to give it to you, but that moment probably took a lifetime during the game. But Drew Brees, the legend, the Hall of Famer now retired and in the booth, he knelt mm -hmm. as 44 six probably felt like an hour. And he <laughs> ended the game there. Super Bowl 44, you captured your first league championship in franchise history. And not only that, you did it for a state of Louisiana that had went through one of the worst natural disasters years before. And, mm. I mean, it rocked the country seeing that happen. And mm. now you claim the, the championship. How does that feel? Like, I mean, I'm goosebumps all over again. That Super Bowl Man. 24, you get to just watch a QB. Once again, you know, guy working mysterious ways, and he, he blessed me with another dream come true. Um, you know, that's one of the ones you in your backyard playing with your friends and, like, we in the Super Bowl and we we playing. You catching passes or you running the ball or you making tackles and just to see um, my mom and my dad's face after the game. You know, my dad is a man of little words, <laughs> but for him just to say he was proud of me at that moment, um, 
was like a dream come true um as a kid you know yeah i'm grown but you know when your father still tell you he proud of you it was different it hit different um for the city of new orleans we made sure that it really wasn't no violent deaths for at least a month or two you know i'm talking about when enemies saw enemies they didn't beef with each other they hugged each other um you didn't realize how powerful a game really was until we actually got to see it with our own two eyes. We saved a lot of people's lives during that time period just because of, like I said, people being enemies but be turning their friends. When when you show uh, Bourbon Street, when we won, man... Like we all we kept saying that we wish we was in New Orleans when we won just because of how crowded Bourbon Street was and everybody was dancing, singing. And you know, New Orleans is a party city, so we rocked it, oh, yeah. you know. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh, I mean yeah. that night uh after the Super Bowl, you know, me and my brothers from other mothers, some of them came in town, so we all hung out. Um but we all kept saying, man, we just can't wait to get back to New Orleans. And when we got back, when we touched down, it was funny because Coach Payton was like, listen, for all you guys, do not let your windows down. <laughs> so um, we get to the airport and we touch down. He's like, do not let your windows down. Just blow the horn and keep going. We had over like 5,000 and 8,000 fans out there. Wow. How about one person at their window down? So we were stuck in traffic for about three hours. <laughs> but it was night. It wasn't in traffic. You stuck in. You miserable. You mad or whatever. It was that the happiest moments of your life. Like I really wish my brothers from high school. I wish they could have experienced that with me. Like I wish they could have just been in the car just to see it, just to enjoy that. And then the other sad part about it, though, was we should have won the next two years anyway. We should have had two more rings. We had better team than we did in 09. Oh, man. Look, you know, that's how it happens. Like, you get that one, and then everybody gets kind of comfortable because they were like, oh, well, we got that we, one. We, we wasn't comfortable. It just got to the fact that, you know, we played against Seattle, and that's when Marshawn had beast mode. That's when he had that. That's when he had. Now, if you saw us in the regular season, we beat them 34 to 17. So in our mind, it's like they cannot beat us. Yeah. But when we got when the game got close, it got colder in in Seattle. Their fan, <laughs> their twelfth man, got even louder. Goodness. <laughs> and and then he broke out the beast mode run. It's like, well, damn. It's over with. Nothing else you can do. It's nothing else you can do. That man was a beast. That but we had we, we had him, but everybody was trying to strip him instead of just tackling him. And you know, it, it's your mindset as a player is if we got to get the ball back for the offense, and that's all it was. They were just trying yeah. to get the ball back, but uh, that was another one that got away with it. They got away from us too. Look, you get the, the good memories, you get the Cinderella story, and then you gotta deal with the others that happens behind it. But the best that, you brought. A, a championship back to a city or not even a city a state that just went through pure hell well, well they needed that. well they needed yeah. that you know um, yes and you know not being from there being from the north side of Tulsa Oklahoma you don't experience that you know 
like a city really needing a team to heal their wounds. Yes. You know, and and we actually healed their wounds for a moment. You know, now, yep. now, I ain't going to say, you know, we kept it from, you know, hurt, for, kept them from hurting because they, they was a lot of people that didn't get to see that. Because it was a lot that, of diehard fans, you know, they used to wear bags over their heads. So, so still, it was so many diehard fans, and then there was so many people that may have died, and Katrina and their family members were just like, wow, if they just would have got to see this, if they would have just got to see this, you know. I mean, you 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 dealt with that a lot, like, um, when you see certain people, you know, like, my dad was a diehard, and my mother was a diehard, you know, auntie or somebody, and they show you a picture of them, and you're like, wow, okay, they whole house is things, so you know they were diehard fans. Look, I, look, I, my heart still goes up to that state, regardless of how long it's been, because that was just horrible. I mean, I wish none like that on anyone. And I, I think mean, that whole United States up seeing you guys win. Like, if nobody else, you, you can love any team. But even if you were a Colts fan that night. I think, I think like you said. You may I have think, had a little injury, like, oh, my team got beat up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, um, I think even the Colts fans at that moment was okay. We're letting us, well, not letting them, but with us winning. I think they were okay with that because, like you said, um, New Orleans had went through hell and back, you know. Oh, yeah. And and for us to give them that piece of hope and that piece of winning, it's like now we we, we somebody again as a city. Sure. Yes, yes, indeed. And so you went on, look, not only that, you captured that Super Bowl. You completed that that five year stretch, and you had two over, over two thousand yards receiving, 20, 23 touchdowns, six playoff games, um, with fourteen receptions, over almost two hundred yards um, receiving, and uh, one touchdown in the playoffs. And now that you charged up with the Chargers, and you went through that phase with them, and you regrouped back at home with the Saints, and then you finished out there. And look, I eventually got the opportunity to meet you. You played some arena. And look, I, I share this story. Many people go, you, "Do you know Meacham? Like, see, like everybody knows somebody. Like, you know how you you hit that? Oh, I know him. And then yeah. they're, like, they're like, "Do you really know him?" And I, look, I got to share the story with you, folks. So you probably like, "How the hell did they meet? Like, how did the guy that's way down there go to the guy in the state of Virginia?" But we we followed up. We we saw each other. We met when he came and signed with the Richmond Rough Riders, which eventually we had went to to um, to take a hit and fell short in the fourth quarter. Uh, to the Atlanta Havoc, but I remember talking to Meech as, oh, it was like a childhood dream for me. Like, I, look, you know, I'm a 25-year-old, and I'm like, yo, this is Robert Meech. I'm not only to say I, I just met Greg Hardy as well, and I'm like, yo, this is an NFL champion. Like, th- you don't run across this and just get to, like, walk up to this dude and go, hey, yo, what's up? Like, you don't you don't get that. Like, but you were a down-to-earth person, not like one of the other guys. It's like, oh, I've been there, done that, and I don't need to talk to anybody because I'm bigger than life. But I mean, and, and remember that conversation. I was I was I was raised differently, you know. Um, you never bigger than you know, the next person, you know, because you, you all you don't know who you need at any given time. Somebody can always help you. You you can always learn something new. And for you to be arrogant or cocky when you fall. Half of those people that you was being cocky around or whatever, they still going up the ladder while you falling. For sure. Hopefully they reach out and catch you to help you understand <laughs> who you once was. Like, don't forget who you are. And 
a lot of people, you know, they make a lot of money. You know, sometimes they get caught up and they forget who they are. I just understand that it's a blessing to even for people to even know you or the people even like you or to want to be around you. Yes, yes, indeed. And and look, we talked, and I recall telling each of this several years ago. Hey, I'm going to bring you on my podcast. He probably was like, who's this kid and why is he talking to me? But in the same sense, it happened years later. And I made sure that you were like, legitimately, you're the first athlete that I brought onto the show. So you're the first guy you broke not only history here, but well, you, helping us well, out. You said that. So now. You spoke it into existence years ago. So it's here. Yes. Yes. Look, I got a few more questions for you before I let the people go, because I know uh, football is about to show and go on. But and we may save some of the conversation for another day too. So we're going to definitely have you back, but I got to look, I'm going to give you 30, I'm going to give you 30 seconds on this one. Okay. The bait that whistled across the league receiver wise. And no, it's probably players all across the NFL. The conversation for you grass, the actual good stuff, or do you want turf? Like, what do you look at when you're an athlete on the field? Cause we look at it from like, Oh man, he should have stepped high. So the blow or this or that, or <laughs> but I mean, if to an athlete, you're like, man, this is total different material. Oh yeah. It's, um, on, on, on turf, you, you're faster. We, we all say that, you know, it's just, it's just different. It's like at first back in the day, it was like carpet. You was run on carpet, but now it's like actual turf with beads in it. But, grass you know you have cleats on where your cleats kind of stick in the grass a little bit so it's you know you had to pick your feet up a little bit more but i mean um i'm pretty much either way you know i, I like them both you know I, I don't really have i don't really i know most most quarterbacks would like to be in grass uh that i because i mean it's easy for like lamar it's easy for him to break you off in grass and um like, like if he had you on turf, yeah, he's gonna outrun you. But if you got a good angle, you might catch him. But on uh, grass, if you got an angle, he might outrun your angle. <laughs> Look, I always figure that out because you see players with injury purposes, like Aaron Rodgers. He went out with that injury right in the a, first couple that, of plays. That, that's just a freak injury. Um, uh, like you know, your Achilles get stretched out like that. I mean, quarterbacks get tackled like that all the time, or. Players get pulled down like that. I just, I don't, I mean, that's just my opinion. I, I can't say it was a turf or it was a grass fault. I just feel like on turf, now, don't get me wrong, if your foot gets stuck, like, in the, in the turf, like, it won't move. Like, see, with the grass, it's kind of going to slide a little bit, give you a little bit of, little oh, bit of that. But with that turf, I think when it catch, I think it caught him in at a, at a crazy angle. And that's what popped his Achilles. Uh, oh yeah, that was. I'm a Packers fan, and not like everyone's like, oh, yeah, "What do you I think love, about this?" I mean, I, I love Rogers or God. I love Aaron Rodgers. Like I would have loved to play with Aaron. I don't get me wrong; I love playing with Drew and Phillip, but I would have loved to play with Aaron because he just do stuff just effortlessly. Like you know what I'm saying? Like Joe Barrows and um, Josh Allen, and, and like my how my homie flicks the ball. That's that, that just Aaron. All them is a product yeah. of Aaron to me. Oh, for sure, for sure. Look, I, I have Aaron, a line, two more questions. And Aaron to, to me, Aaron, Aaron to me is just a product of Joe Montana. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. 
without a doubt. Now, look, I, I would ask you this question. We'll say it for another time. No, look, I'm going to go, go look. So, you, so my co-host, he didn't come on tonight, but he shot me like a pigeon carrier with a message, and he was like, ask this. So I'm like, all right, okay, I'll ask you this. So, so as you see, your former head coach, Sean Payton, right now at the mm-hmm. head of the table. You better, get him, you better get him now. Like Dion said, like Dion said, you better get him now. Because you know Sean set out a whole year. So he rusty. Oh yeah, for sure. But you better get him now. Now, what was your question though on that? Look, well, what do you see or think or believe is the like lack of success? Not on him, but I mean he's coming into an inherited team. So mm-hmm. there's not much changing he could have did so quickly under his regime. Mm-hmm. What what do I think he should change, or what do I think is well, going yes, to happen? Well, yes, either or. Like, uh, what changing and what you think is going to happen? I mean, well, see, he had to, he he had to learn Russell. You know what I mean? Like, Sean is that guy that um, he tried to figure out what pushes your buttons. And see, Russell is a guy that don't show emotion, so it it is probably driving Coach Payton nuts because he can't get him to show emotion. You see what I'm saying? Then um, with the offensive line, you know, everything starts with the offensive line and defensive line. I think they got to um, put, some, put some special guys in those places, uh, especially yeah. the blind side, you know, the, the tackles. I think they should put, put guys right there, better blockers for them. And I think, I mean, it's the outside looking in. You know, I don't know Russell or anything like that, but I think they need to do more team bonding, like for, with him and his skill guys. Yeah. Sure. And I think that would help them out a whole lot because, I mean, we did stuff with Drew. But I knew one thing. On Friday nights, Drew was taking that offensive line to dinner. Wow. And he and he, and what, get what you want. You know, eat what, wow. you, eat what you want. So they're going to take care of you feeding them now. <laughs> oh, you know, sure. I, I'm, I'm just saying, Russell, if you listen to this anywhere, you, you take that offensive line out, they will protect you if you feed them. Just saying. Just give the man some food. You ain't gotta buy him a porch. Just give nah, him. Nah, he, he don't need no. Por- he don't want steak. no Porsche. He don't want no Rolex. He want a good old fashioned porterhouse steak, ribeye bone and ribeye. You know, he want one of them big daddies. Yeah, that's all you gotta get. You give me one of those. I got once, you. Once, once a week, oh, I'm good. For for the for six plus weeks, I'm good. You give me one of them porterhouse steaks, I'm good. I like to hear that. That's that's funny to hear, but I know it. I feel it because I, yeah, been there and done that, and I know definitely that conversation. And you're like, man, the team takes care of the quarterback, but you curve the Sonic, and you're like, you're done. Um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> they don't want no, no, no horrible Sonic. I love they, you guys. They don't want a Route 44 cherry lemon slush. They want they want a real meal, <laughs> a lobster steak, you know, shrimp, something. They want a real meal. Something, something. Look. Two more for you, and we'll wrap it up. Now, this one's a more shorter. I have some youth football teams looking at this. I have probably kids sitting in their living room with, with mom and pop, and they're watching, or maybe grandma and grandpa. I have families across. I mean, we're literally viewed in Europe. We got some viewers from over across seas, but morely here in the homeland. And what's a gold nugget of advice that you would give if it's an athlete or if it's an individual that don't even want to take the athletic route. What's a like a nugget that you would give that people are watching right now? Um, I would tell them to stop listening to that whisper. They're telling you, you can't do something. 
that whisper that is trying to to knock you off or deter you or distract you from whatever your goal is that you want to do. Like you said, you might not want to be an athlete. You might want to be a doctor, a contractor, or a firefighter, whatever. Whatever your goals are, stick to your goals and keep fighting. Don't even though you go through a little bit of adversity, that's a part of it. Just keep fighting. And when you come out on the other side, you're going to be so grateful and thankful that you didn't cheat yourself. You know, you didn't cheat it by taking a short court, taking a short uh, cut or trying to get out of doing the hard part of it. Because everybody see the glamour and the glitter, but they don't know what you had to do to get there. For sure. For sure. Um, look, now my last and final question. The golden answers here is probably what I'm looking for. But last but not least, look, you've been fantastic tonight. It's been an honor having you. But now, look, we need another co-host. Damn it. I've been looking for a guy <laughs> now or a contributor. I'm not saying you come on every week, but you could bring some friends by and stop by and say hello. Uh, I mean, look, you could call this home. I mean... That's something we could talk about, you know. We could, we could, uh, we could see if that can work in the schedule. Me we getting will. back, we me getting back on, you know. what I'm saying, be able to ask other players questions that you may not be think, you might not think to ask. So, you know, we we can we could talk about that. Look, I'll get in touch with your agent. <laughs> I'll talk to your guy. My people will talk to your people. Look, look that's how I'm going to leave it there. But well, you know, you ain't got to talk to my people. You can talk to me. You can call me. I got you. I got anytime. you. But I thank you for having me, Coach. For real. I got you. Now look at this. So that that's a wrap. Again, each of we greatly appreciate. Extremely grateful, even for me to my co-host that's somewhere in Trinidad right now. But hey, guys, be, it's been a blast. Nice. Hey, individuals. I know, right? I, look, tell, I'm tell, home tell, and, tell them, tell them to send us a picture, man. Game. We need a picture, man. We need some <laughs> some nice views. <laughs> Cam, you hear that? You hear that, Cam? I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. He, he'll be in contact. Somebody with find Cam for us, time. please. <laughs> Where's the real Cam? Please stand up. <laughs> Somebody, anybody, pigeon carrier. But look, as always, folks, it's been a pleasure. Meacham, it's good having you um, and talking to you. Um, Look, it, we enjoy. Well, thank you for entertaining the guys through the devices. I'm man, saying so you. long tonight, Meacham. Look, you have a again, good blessed I'm night, man. Yes. So, hey guys, thank you as always. That's all it for tonight. You have not only the Saints and um, Chargers playing. No, no, Saints and Jags playing tonight. Yeah, Meacham, we, I already know where you're going. Yeah, we better tune. Going. We better tune in. Let's who that? Yes. Who that nation stand up, baby? Who that needs to stand up, baby? Look, we're going to see. Thank you all for tonight. And from your host and cast of Good Gotcha Entertainment, I'm saying so long. Good night, and I'll see you next Thursday. Peace, guys. (laughs) 